to the Starting With One podcast with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Our goal is to provide our audience with interesting, relevant information on Canadian healthcare, financial and estate planning issues, and running a business. With each episode, Robin and Al will be exploring topics that matter to you. Starting With One is built off of our experience that we enhance the lives of many starting with one. Every great story that we get to share all started with one phone call, one conversation, or one meeting. These are the stories that make us very proud to do what we do, and it all starts with one. Welcome back to the Starting With One podcast. Robin Bailey here, and of course, Al McDonald. As, we'll say as usual, not as always. But, but as, as usual. As usual. Happy to be back again. again. And you know what I'm starting to realize, Al, as, as we're doing these these episodes, especially with the last couple of guests, is how long we've known some of these people. You know, we've, That's uh, a little bit sad, isn't it? it you know, <laughs> how long we've been in the industry. You start to think, wow, it's been a while now. So we're really happy to have Stephanie Stewart. And, and I've known Stephanie and, and you have as well, Al, as long as I have. And Stephanie's one of those people that you like from the day you meet them. And it's kind of cool to see this many years later, we're still friends and we're, and we're still relying on you for your expertise in the industry. And it's been really cool, Stephanie, to see where you started in the industry and where we started in the industry and how much you've grown. And, and we've kind of grown up at the same time in the industry. So it's really cool to have you here. Once again, folks, I'm not going to be doing a lot of the talking because this is on more on the individual side. So I'm going to turn it over to Al, but I'm really excited to hear what they're going to talk about today. Thanks, Robin. And yes, Stephanie, thanks for joining us today. Again, great to see you and great that you could come in today. A little bit of a background and Robin alluded to it. Yes, we've both been in this industry for a long time. I was just mentioning that uh, apparently I just passed my 24th anniversary so way back in 96, and I think, Robin, you were at the same time. January of 96. And yes. Stephanie said, don't tell anyone how long I've been in the business. But it's... it's she it's just started. There. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But it's getting up there. And like Robin said, we spent a number of years working together. So, Stephanie, your official title right now apparently is Advanced Case Consultant on High Net Worth Team. That's a very fancy name. But what it really means is you know your stuff. Uh, you've got a lot of experience. And you and I have worked together in the past on some life insurance cases, and that's going to be the topic of today's life insurance. And I know that's probably immediately some people uh, heard that and probably turn off the podcast because life insurance is not something that is exciting. It's not something that thrills people. It's not something that people want to talk about or want to hear about. But uh, unfortunately, in some cases, it's necessary. So I want to talk to you a little bit about today about the concept of permanent insurance and and how it works and and how it can benefit people. But I wanted to start off first by by kind of positioning something that most people can understand. And and that's the need when they're younger, um, when they have kids, when they have a mortgage and they have liabilities and they're starting out and, and they understand that you know, maybe the need when they're younger, um, when they have kids, when they have a mortgage and they have liabilities and they're starting out and, and they understand that, you know, maybe they've got both parents working to make ends meet. And it's pretty easy to get them to understand the concept that if, if something happens to one of them, um, there's going to be some pretty major financial liabilities that face them. So the idea of term insurance in terms of, hey, we just need some money, some capital, um, that if one of us passes away, you know, we've got a million dollars or whatever the number is, we can pay off our mortgage, we can pay off our debt, uh, we can make sure that the family is going to be okay going forward. That's pretty easy for people to understand, and I think people can get their heads around that. Where people have a 
little bit tougher problem. And, and I saw you do a presentation one time on how you explain the need kind of beyond that stage where people are older, their kids are growing up, their mortgage is paid off. And some of the mindset is, well, why do I need insurance anymore? Right. Mm -hmm. And that's where I wanted to talk to you about it because you have this, I think you call it the continuum life insurance continuum yeah. or whatever. When I saw it, it was, it was just, it made it really, really simple to understand how life insurance can make sense throughout the whole life as opposed to just the, those early stages. Yeah, I like to call it, uh, we call it uh, on our team, the uh, insurance planning continuum. Sounds really fancy. Um, but basically what it is, is just to make it really simple for clients. Like, as you mentioned, most clients understand the traditional need for insurance, right? You need protection. So in the example you gave, you have clients that have big mortgages, young families, it makes sense. And, and typically, Everyone understands insurance for its traditional purpose, and typically people don't like paying for it, but they understand that it's a true need, right? right. So it yeah. truly is protection. But there really is only three things that insurance can do for clients, and it's number one is protection, number two is wealth accumulation, mm -hmm. and number three is wealth transfer. Right. So protection, accumulation, transfer. And those are the three reasons why anyone would buy insurance for any purpose. So there's all kinds of complicated scenarios and plans we can put together using insurance. But really what it boils down to is those three words, protection, accumulation, transfer. So you talked about the protection aspect, which most people understand. Right. But when you get to a certain level of financial success, insurance becomes not necessarily a need, but we use it strategically. Because insurance, specifically permanent insurance, has some unique features and characteristics right. that other asset classes don't. So I'll give you an example. For a, a client that might look at insurance for wealth accumulation purposes, we might be looking at a client maybe between the ages of, again, depends on the client, say 35 to 55 years old. They are in a good financial position. So they might own a home, mm -hmm. be paying a mortgage. They should have RSPs. Hopefully, they're maxing out their RSPs. Right. Maybe maxing out their TFSAs is mm -hmm. a good place to be. Maybe have a non-reg portfolio, might have some real estate. A person like that, they've filled up all their buckets right. of tax-free money that is allowed in Canada. Right? right? There's no places in Canada you can accumulate wealth tax-free except for your principal residence, yeah. your TFSA, TFSA. and... Well, I guess you could win the lottery, right? So there's not a lot of places, but what a lot of people don't know is insurance is one of those places. Right. So when I say you can use insurance for wealth accumulation, a lot of people say, well, what do you mean by that? Mm -hmm. And then normally I'll say, I'll say, well, think of an RSP. You know how your RSP grows on a tax shelter basis. And then the first question is, well, do you get a refund of the money back? Right, no, you don't. You don't. But you do get the advantage of when you put money into specific types of insurance, the cash value in that will grow tax sheltered, could be for life, depending right. on if and when you access it. And by not paying tax, right, and what is that saying, a, a penny saved is a penny earned? Mm -hmm. it, that is a huge advantage and can be a huge advantage to a client when you look at their total financial plan in totality. Right. So we work with clients, you know, it could be young professionals, business owners who are looking for other places to accumulate assets on a tax preferred basis. So that's where the wealth accumulation kind of piece comes in. Right. And there's different ways they can access that wealth as well. You can access it in the future during retirement if it's needed. Mm -hmm. And there's various ways of doing that. I don't know if you want me to get into that. But then if we take it a step further, the transfer piece. So we talked about protection. I just told you a little bit about wealth accumulation. So using the, the unique features and characteristics of insurance to accumulate wealth on a tax-preferred basis. Yeah. 
And then uh, the third thing is wealth transfer. So right. this is really, really common today. Probably more than half the cases that I would be working on is, is a wealth transfer case. And typically what it is, is we've got clients who they've accumulated more than they need in their lifetime. Right. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a high net worth client either. So no. I work predominantly with high net worth clients in the business that we do together, but it could be just somebody, a, a clients who have a pension and they've got a bucket of money that they know that they're passing on to their kids. Well, right. in Canada, if you're 60 years old, 65 years old, and you know that you're not going to spend all the money that you have in your lifetime, where do you put that money where it's not subject to tax for the next 20, 30 years, right? And pass it on to your and pass children it on in to a your tax effective manner. Yep. It's very hard. There's no yes. place to put it. Yes. Guess what? Well, there is one Life insurance is yes. the place to put it, right? Yes. So again, whether it's on a personal basis or on a, on a corporate basis, life insurance provides the, the unique features that you can dump money into it. The cash will grow tax-free. And then the benefit is also paid up tax-free. Yes. So and it gives the clients a huge lift on what they can pass on to their kids by virtue of not paying tax. In a perfect world, you would spend every dollar that you had saved while you were alive. You would die with your house your TFSA, and your life insurance, and nothing else, because those three things pass on the next generation tax-free, and everything else that I can think of gets taxed. And in so a spend all those world, other you're piles. right. Yes. Yeah. So spend all those other piles, save those three, and you get the most bang for your buck for, your, for the next generation. 100%. Let's back up a little bit. You talked about some of the benefits of life insurance on the accumulation side. Mm -hmm. And you used the example. You said people have their house. People have their RSPs. People might have some other real estate. They have their TFSAs. In many cases, you know, you talked about those people who have some wealth and they do have all these other options. And obviously one of the big options today is, you know, I would like to buy a rental property. Yeah. I would like to buy some, you know, some, some property. I think it's a great investment. We've seen housing prices and real estate prices in the Toronto area specifically, but generally, you know, if you look back in the last 10, 15, 20 years, it has been a great investment. What would you say to someone who says, you know what, yes, I have this extra money, but I think one of these other piles is better. How would you position life insurance? <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely, we run into that all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's very common that we sit down with clients and that's exactly what they say. They say, oh, I like real estate. Real estate's where I want to be. It's real. You can and touch it. Absolutely. And I'm certainly not going to say, I never say life insurance is the best asset class. Right. But that's sort of step one in this whole process is to get a client to understand that it is an asset. Right. So when you put money into a permanent life insurance policy, it is an asset mm -hmm. like a building. So I tell clients to think of it like a virtual building, mm -hmm. right? You're acquiring an asset over time through a series of payments, the same way you would acquire a building, yeah. and it's got cash values that is growing. And it's just different. So not better. I don't know what's going to do better. But you also don't know when you're going to die, right. when the tax bill is coming, right? So real estate, you've got this tax bill that's, think of it as a snowball rolling down a hill. You know, as uh, properties prices go up, the wealth in that property accumulates, you're getting a higher and higher tax bill when you pass away. Right. The life insurance... The cash value in that and the death benefit grows and as it grows, it's guaranteed. Mm -hmm. And the nice thing about it is, you know, you're getting it tax free, right. right? So there's no taxes. So again, I tell clients to think of it as virtual real estate that they're purchasing. And the, the unique features of the life insurance is there is no tax. They know the value mm -hmm. and it's not subject to market conditions, unlike their real estate. So it's a good hedge. Yep. It's a great hedge for clients that have a really large real estate portfolio because this particular virtual real estate, aka the insurance, isn't going up and down. It doesn't matter what happens in the market. You're not accumulating. You're actually taking care of a tax bill with it. And the other thing about it is a lot of clients tend to say, 
well, you know, I'm not worried about taxes on death. I've got all this real estate. I'm just going to pass it on to my kids. But what we find is the older clients get that have large real estate portfolios, as they age, they tend to get rid of the real estate that isn't their favorite, that isn't the best real estate. And it tends to be when you're in your 70s, later on in life, the best real estate you've kept and the stuff that was just okay, you've already gotten rid of. So when it comes right down to it, you don't want your kids to have to be able to get rid of these great assets that you've acquired over your lifetime. Right. So the insurance is a great way to diversify risk and a great way for families to be able to keep that real estate in the family and not have to sell it. Right. So there's a lot of advantages to holding that. So, uh, you know, really what I heard is life insurance isn't better. It's yeah. different. It's another pile. It's another, and we always talk about, you know, different piles of money, or in this case, different assets. And the key very often is diversification among those assets, because at any given time, you don't know which one of those piles of money is going to be performing the best. You don't want to be stuck with one pile of money when you need money and, oh, that just happens to be when things aren't going so well. And I always use the example with clients. I always use this example of 2008, 2009. So yes, everyone exactly. remembers 2008, 2009. Everyone remembers 2008. In 2008, 2009, I remember I opened two statements where I was ahead. Mm-hmm. Number one, I had an ING savings account. I no longer have that. I think it's now Tangerine or something like that. I can't remember. But I had an ING savings account where I was making, I think it was oh, 3% or something. And it was my participating whole life insurance is what I had that was ahead. Everything else was negative. Yes. Even my property value at that point in time because of where I was living. So, you know, you don't know when things are going to happen. You don't know when you're going to pass away. And you don't know when you're going to need access to an asset as well. So that's the other thing, you know, getting clients to understand that the insurance is an asset. It's on their balance sheet, right? If they need to access the value of it, they can. They can. Right? It's not uh, an expense. The money that they're putting into these policies is not an expense. It's actually a deposit. And I think that is key what you just said is, and one of the reasons going back to what I said at the very beginning, traditionally, again, we look at life insurance as protection. It is an expense. You, you pay your money for your premium. And if you don't die, and hopefully you don't, you never see that money back again, right? Yeah. So it, it shows up as an expense. And that's where people kind of get their head around. Oh, you know, I know I need life insurance, but it's just really money down the tubes. But what we're talking about is not really... The same type of thing. It's you can accumulate asset. You can see it on the balance sheet. It builds up over time, and uh, again, it's another pile of money that you can access. And if you don't need to access it, then you're just enhancing. Then you're even better off, and you're in a better spot. But it is there as like any other asset, like a building. You can borrow against it. You can access the value of it in many different ways directly from the insurance company. You can take it to the bank and get a line of credit against it. There are many ways you can physically take money out of the plan if you wanted to. There would be tax then potentially, but lots of ways to access the money. So clients need to get their heads around thinking of it like an asset, thinking of it like they're putting money into an investment fund, right? It's just a different type of investment fund with a lot of guarantees that other investment funds don't have and a lot of unique features that investment funds don't have. And we're going to get into some of those in our next podcast. I think we'll wrap it up there. I think we've covered off a lot of the areas of that people probably don't understand about, again, insurance being this tax-sheltered asset class, just like a number of other investments that they have and other holdings that they have. But again, it's not better. It's different. So anything you want to add before we, we sign off on this one? No, just, you know, the, the more, I, I like to say, buckets of assets you have, the better and the more diversified you are, in my opinion, yep. the better off you'll be. Perfect. Thanks, Steph. We're going to wrap that up for today. And again, 
We'll delve into this a little bit more in a later podcast and some of the features of, of insurance and especially how it can apply to business owners. But I want to thank you for coming in today and I'll turn it back over to you, Robin. I'm actually really looking forward to the next one now because Stephanie's been able to do something that no one else I've encountered in the life insurance industry has been able to do over the last 20 years. Don't say make it exciting. <laughs> made it really interesting. <laughs> because, interesting, okay. The, you know, the, you were talking about the virtual, what did you call it? The virtual, virtual building. building. Yeah, and I've never, no one's ever positioned it that way with me. So as you two were talking, I was like, that's kind of interesting. So don't tell anybody, but I was actually getting interested in life insurance <laughs> now. So we'll leave it there. If you want to reach out to Al and I or find out a little more information or talk to Stephanie, you can certainly reach out to us. You can always join the conversation on LinkedIn. And remember, it all starts with one.